Praise the Lord. God is good. Let's try that one more time. God is good. Woo! Do you believe that? Hallelujah. That's not just some, uh, you know, you know, kind of a declaration in the sense of just making something up. That is scriptural. God is good, and He's good all the time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We uh, today are going to go to the book of Deuteronomy is where we're going to hang out today. And um, we have, uh, over the last uh, several weeks, uh, been talking about being empowered by God. And this is a year of empowerment for us here at Word of Victory. And so every week I've been uh, kind of coming at different things, just to kind of maybe just some key things uh, that we need to know when it comes time to being empowered. We talked about willingness one week, and how, how many know it's, it's important to be willing? Amen. A lot of people, you know, say, that's ah, okay, go ahead, but you grumble while you do it. Come on now, how many know that ain't going to get you anywhere? Smile real big at your neighbor and say, no more grumbling. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can't be grumbling. Amen. Uh, we talked about, uh, about putting our past behind us. Amen. In fact, that was one of the things that we were praying today. Amen. Putting that past behind you. Amen. Hallelujah. You are not your history. Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Amen. You are not your history. And I know some of your histories. And it's a good thing you're not your history. Praise the Lord. Right? Come on now. Hallelujah. You're not your mistake. Isn't that good? We've all made them things, but we are not our mistake. We are who He says we are. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Last week we talked about um, trust, I believe is what we were on last week. We talked about, uh, you know, that uh, we talked about total trust, what it means to trust in God, to trust in God with all your heart, to lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways you acknowledge Him, and what happens? He begins then to direct your steps. Praise God. So we talked about the importance of trusting in God. Uh, today, we're going to talk about choosing life. Amen. How many know it's an ongoing thing? You've got you to keep choosing life day in and day out. Amen. Uh, choose His way. Choose the, the, the abundant way. Choose the, the way of God. Amen. And so we're going to talk some about that today. And uh, hopefully today you have an ear to hear. Uh, do you have an ear to hear today? All right, because I got uh, definitely some things. We got, we're going to let this thing kind of unfold here today. So we're going to chapter 30 of Deuteronomy, where we're going to start. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, and we're going to read verses 19 and 20, all right? And then we're going we're gonna to read through this, and then we're going to come, come back and kind of dissect it a little bit and look at some things, uh, a little bit of history, what's going on here, and at the same time, uh, glean something for us today here. Amen. So verse 19, he says, this is, the, uh, this is the word of the Lord saying, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Look at your name and say, choose life. Choose life. Amen. Now, so now what's happening is here, they've been, all this has been set out. They, they can't, he's saying, listen, you can't deny it. Everything we've talked about up to this point, everything we're showing you, everything we've declared to you, Everything we're revealing to you, you're not going to be able to walk away and say, well, I didn't know that. That's what he's saying. So I call heaven and earth as a witness today, amen, against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Why? Well, that both you and your descendants, amen, may live. In other words, your choices don't just affect you. I remember one time with a, well, this is, uh, you know, a young man that came to me and 
uh, he gave his heart to the Lord, and uh, he had actually given his heart to the Lord early on, but he, he kind of went out and did a little wandering for a while, and he came back into the kingdom and came back with full swing. And, and uh, one of the things that, was, uh, that had to come alive in him was the fact that his decisions uh, in life uh, didn't just affect him. He, he, was, he was determined that it didn't matter. You know, it's just my choice. It's my life. Well, yeah, but your life affects the lives of others around you. Amen. And so our choices not only affect our lives, but they affect, amen, our descendants. Amen. Of course, our brother got it straight, praise God, and uh, himself even went on to share with others, amen, the importance of understanding the power of right choices. Amen. Praise the Lord. So anyway, uh, we choose life. Why? That both uh, you and your descendants may live. Now, verse 20, let's read that. It says this, that you may love the Lord your God, that you... You know, he keeps pointing at you, that you, who's you? Well, you making the choices here, right? You may obey his voice and that you may cling to him. Why? For he's your life. He's it. He's your source, right? And the length of your days, praise God, I think that's valid for today, right? And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. Now, Galatians 3 tells us that everything that was promised to Abraham has been now given unto you, praise God. Jesus came and paid a price, amen, so that the blessing of Abraham would come upon you, amen. Can I hear a big amen? Praise God, there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. And if you're heirs of God, you're joint heirs with Christ, right? Come on now. And the word goes on to say, praise God, that you are an heir of all that was promised Abraham. Because you, you become now a descendant based on the covenant. Praise God. That's good news. Amen. All right. So this, this, all that's been promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has also been promised to you and me. Praise the Lord. Now let's go back up to verse 19 and take a look at this. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now life and death, the word life earlier on in chapter 11 especially, he refers to this life uh, the father's talking to, uh, to Moses, refers to this life as uh, days like heaven on earth. I'll take that. Amen. Days like heaven on earth. Now, it's, it's significant. Okay, so uh, even Jesus said, uh, you know, in the model prayer, he says that your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Jesus said the same thing. Amen. Days like heaven on earth, praise God. Now, the reason that's so significant is because the word death, okay, means ruin, destruction, a word that we've used, uh, you know, in, in other texts, uh, but it means the place of Hades. Are you still with me? So now he's telling them here, you have a choice. You can choose those days like heaven on earth or days like hell on earth. What do you want? Are you still with me? You can choose the blessing or you can choose the curse. It's up to you. It's all been laid out there. He explained it in full. Now, uh, let's go back to uh, Deuteronomy 28 because we have in Deuteronomy 28 a little bit more of an idea what the blessing and the curse is. And um, <clears throat> let's do this. Um, in chapter 27, we see him um, doing something that he, the father, had asked of Moses to do uh, back in chapter 11. And now they're kind of walking it out in chapter 27. 
And what they're doing in, uh, you know, this, this all kind of puts it all, sets the stage here. Um, they are right now, um, well, right now the city that's, that where they're located, um, at the time it wasn't there, but now it is a Shechem, I think is how it's pronounced, or Shechem or something like that. Uh, so if I mispronounce it, I apologize. But Shechem, is that right? Shechem. Okay. Now, what you have, um, Shechem is in a valley. Okay. Uh, we would refer to it like a valley of decision. Okay. And it's going to make sense here in a second. On each side of this city, uh, and even to this day, there's two, uh, they call them uh, Mount uh, Gerizim and Mount Ebal. Ebal, I think it is. Ebal, I think it is. And so they're two different mountains. Okay. Now, they're not what we would call mountains here in Oregon. We'd call them little hills because they're only about 3,000 elevation, either one of them. And they just, uh, they're about a mile apart from each other. And right between them is this community. Now, at the time of the writing here, um, there isn't all that there. But the two, of course, the two mounts are there. And one represents the blessing. One represents the curse. One has, uh, in fact, one, uh, Ebal, is, is actually means barren. And it is. If you look at even to this day, many of the photos, depending on the angle that you're at, you see one that's just barren, has nothing on it, and one is, is green and has all, and they're just a mile apart. So it comes down and there's this, this valley. Now, what the Lord had asked Moses to do when they got to that place was to pro- proclaim the blessing and the curse. Now, I'm just trying to give you a layout here a little bit. So what, what, uh, what they did is they got into, into the valley here, this, uh, this location here between the two uh, mounts, and they, be, they put six tribes on one side, six tribes on the other. And they began, what happened was, is the Levites, the Levitical priesthood, so the, the tribe of the Levites, and by the way, there's a lot of people here. Every one of these tribes probably has hundreds of thousands of people in each tribe. It's not no little, little tiny group. This is a huge group. So we probably, uh, most of your scholars agree, there's probably, you know, a couple million people at least that's standing now down in this valley. Are you still with me? Now, this is toward the end of their 40-year wandering, right before Moses goes off and Joshua takes over and they go over and take care of Jericho. So this is all happening uh, now. So God had them all line up in there and they begin to profess the blessing. The, the Levitical priesthood, they would begin to yell out the blessing. And uh, I think in chapter 27, it just shows the curse. And then the rest of them saying amen. But some of your history, your Jewish history says that they pronounced the blessing and the curse. And the rest of the tribes would repeat it. They said it would just fill this valley because it was like a, a natural amphitheater, the way it was set up. So the Lev- Levitical priesthood would begin to profess the blessing and then the rest would repeat it. They'd profess the curse, and the rest would repeat it. And it literally would just, uh, just bounce off those, those hills in there and, and just kind of reverberate all through there. And the idea was, you're going to remember this. You ain't going to be able to walk away and say, I, I don't even remember that. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Because you're going to remember this moment. And to give them a visual on this side, the blessing, on this side, the curse. They could see it plain as day. All right? There's a difference. How many know there's a difference? There is a difference between the blessing and the curse. 
Are you still with me? All right, so let's, with that said, let's read a little bit here in Joshua, or pardon me, in, in Deuteronomy 28. Now it shall come to pass, verse 1, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His command or His utterances, uh, which I command, uh, command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations or all peoples, amen, of the earth. And all these blessings, amen, how many like the blessings? Amen. All these blessings, praise God, this empowerment, all right, all just speaks about increase. Amen. The blessing is about increase. It's about empowerment. Amen. It's about, praise God, going beyond where you are. It's about increasing. Anything that has the blessing on it increases. It's the way it works. So, amen. The curse is just the opposite, right? Now, hang on. So he said, these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Why? Because... Uh, you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now, that's something we're going to talk about here in a minute. Bless, here we go. Many times you've heard me pray this over the offering time. Amen. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Amen. So, in other words, whether you're living in town or living out in the country, you can be blessed. In fact, some people say, you know what, I'm going to claim a home in both of them. That's okay. If you want to do it, praise God, put your faith out there. Have one in the city and one in the country. Praise the Lord. Okay, I thought that would go over big, but I guess not. All right, so moving right along, praise the Lord. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. In other words, whatever your businesses are, amen, that there should be a blessing on it. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. In other words, your cupboard should be full. Your freezer should be full. Your refrigerator should be full. Come on, somebody. The pantry should be full. Come on now. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. If you're trying to say, well, i just like to be blessed. Well, we'll just go to the doorway, walk in, go, I'm blessed. Back out, I'm blessed. <laughs> blessed. Whatever. Anyway, the point is, praise God, coming in and going out. I'm blessed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So if you've got to do something to get you that point of contact so you get it alive in you, then that's what I, I recommend doing. Praise the Lord. Okay. Well, anyway. So, let's move right along. Praise the Lord. All right. So, the Lord, here we go. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way, and they're going to flee or be put, literally means be put to flight before you seven ways. In other words, it doesn't matter which direction they come, they're going to be knocked out. Praise God. Now, this is part of the blessing. Here we go. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses, all right? Your barns, your depositories, your bank, your accounts, all right? And in all to which you set your hand. In other words, all that you begin to move forward in, hallelujah, your business, your job, amen, praise God, your investments, that's what it refers to. Everything you start putting your hands to begins to prosper, right? And He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you, praise God. Now, earlier on, I believe it's in chapter 6 it brings out, and actually multiple places, but chapter 6 is the one that comes to mind. He refers to this land as a land flowing with milk and honey. This promised land, this blessed land, a land that flows with milk and honey, which means a prosperous land, a land that produces, praise God, a land that is fruitful, a land that increases, amen, hallelujah, that brings increase, praise God. Can I hear a big amen? All right, the Lord, verse 9, the Lord uh, will establish you as a holy people to Himself, just as He has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God, or in other words, walk in the utterances, things that He asks, and, and it says, and walk in His ways. Then all peoples of the earth shall see, 
Everybody's going to notice it. When you're blessed, everybody notices it. When you're blessed, it's visible. And it should be. Come on now. If you understand the importance of it, amen, then it, it should be. See, he's establishing his covenant. And people say, well, how come you're so blessed? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Praise the Lord. See, a lot of people want to hide it. They say, well, you know, I just don't want to, I just want to be. No, 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 no. It should be seen. It should be seen, and they should be able to come up to you and say, how come you're blessed? Well, praise the Lord, it's, it's who I serve. Are you still with me? And you can get in on this too, praise the Lord. See, the blessing's open for anybody that'll choose it. Come on, somebody. Are you still with me? Okay, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but here we go. Here we go. So what are we at? What verse are we on here? Uh, verse, what am I at? 10? Then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. What? I don't want everybody afraid of me. That just means that, listen, what do you think the media does what they do? Why do you think that you got government officials fighting on, why? It has nothing to do, it ain't, it ain't that they just don't, dis, they don't agree with you. They're afraid of you. They're afraid of the church. If the church comes into power, we're, they're all doomed. It has, that's never changed. Why were they down on Jesus? It wasn't because we just don't agree with him. They're afraid of him. Because everywhere he goes, things happen, and it never happens for them. And people are going to start going, well, how come it always happens for him and not for you? People get nervous. People get nervous around the church. Some of you are in the house right now nervous. You don't have to be nervous. It's all good. Come on. Come on. That's, that's the truth, all right? And that's part of the blessing, all right? Listen. And the Lord didn't say you had to go out and get, get down on everybody, hurt anybody. It just means that they're going to they're gonna look at you and they're going to go, whoa. All right? Verse 11. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, kind of repeats it again, and the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you His good treasure. Come on. The heavens, right? To give forth even rain to your land in its season. And to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations and you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Now just for whatever it's worth. Okay. Um, nobody wants to be the tail. The view never changes there. Are you with me? Okay. You get your own thought on that. But anyway. All right. Okay, and I looked it up just in case, you know, uh, the word head, uh, rosh, is the Hebrew word, which means top or in place and time and rank. And the word tail, uh, zainab, uh, which just means literally and, literally and figuratively, the tail. <laughs> okay, so in other words, ain't nothing good about it. Come on. All right, now anyway, praise the Lord. Uh, so he'll make you the head, not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed or give heed to the commandments or utterances of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them, and you shall not turn aside from any of the words uh, which I command you uh, this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them, right? Because he's your source, right? Verse 15, but it, it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice, come on, and of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, just re reverses it here. His statutes and everything He commands you to do today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed shall you be in the country. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't want none of that. 
Verse 17, Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Look at your neighbors. I don't want none of that either. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land and the increase of the cattle, uh, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. In other words, there ain't nothing good about it. Look at your neighbors. Say, yuck, yuck, yuck. All right. Anyway. Curse shall you be uh, coming in and going out. Uh, so now I'd rather, if I'm going in and out of the doorway, I'd rather be blessed than cursed any day. Okay. Now, really, I'm not going to read all this because we have about another 50 more verses of yuck. And I really want you to leave happy and not depressed. But what I will do is I'll condense it. Okay. It goes on to talk about sickness and disease as part of the curse. Talks about mental issues as the curse. Relational issues and problems as the curse. Marital issues and problems as part of the curse. Uh, The loss and the, the thievery of assets and possessions. Losing them to whatever as part of the curse having issues with your kids and your family. Come on, even some, okay, being taken and that kind of thing. It's just, it's all part of the curse. Are you with me? Look at your neighbor and say, I don't want none of this. See, nobody wants this part. None, ain't none of these verses that become your refrigerator verse or the one you hang on your mirror or on your dash. Cursed shall I be coming in and cursed shall I be going out. Nobody wants that. Right? I'd rather be blessed, right? It goes on to talk about further on. It talks about business endeavors. And it talks about, amen, your business being cursed. No increase. Everything, it consumes you instead of blesses you. That's part of the curse. It talks about debt and how debt will consume you. That's part of the curse. It talks about bondage and slavery as part of the curse. Are you still with me? It goes on to talk more about diseases. In fact, it says every disease that ain't even mentioned. In this book is part of the curse. Now, we're just establishing what's the blessing, what's the curse. Still with me? Fear, torment, uh, anxiety, all of this is listed as part of the curse. Are you still with me? Now, nobody wants the curse. Everybody wants the blessing. Right? Okay. Now, tell you what, go to verse 20. I don't think I read verse 20, but let's go to verse 20. And I I think this is a good place just to throw this in here to kind of establish some understanding. Now, Jesus paid a price, so the curse, you know, wouldn't control your life. But you still got to make some choices. Am I right? Okay, let's, let's do this. Verse 20, let's do that. Verse 20 says this. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, rebuke. That, that, that just, again, doesn't that just sound like such a depressing verse? Okay, now, there's a lot of verses in here, a lot of things that have been added by the translator and stuff, but uh, I thought it was worthy of reading that verse because it, it kind of makes it look like God's doing this to you. Is that right? Would you all agree with that? All right. Uh, just for whatever it's worth, God don't have the curse to give you. <laughs> He doesn't have like the blessing in one pocket and the curse in the other and sprinkles curse out over you. Or He's not a warlock. He's not some witch. 
You know, he hasn't got, he isn't doing some incantation over you. Come on, somebody. Okay, because anytime the curse gets around the Lord, it disintegrates. Anytime darkness comes around, it disintegrates. So he's got, he doesn't have the curse to give. Okay, now just, just hang on, because if, if, we're talking about making choices, all right? And if you have a wrong idea about who God is, then what happens is it's hard to receive anything from God when you think he's the one beating on you. He doesn't work hand in hand with the devil. We have one enemy. And he is a thief, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. To the full till it overflows, right? Come on. For those that were here at uh, Holy Ghost and Fire Night. All right. Now, this word here in verse 20, and this just to me, it just, it, it just makes it clear. The Lord will send on you. All right? This word send or will send is the Hebrew word shalak, which means to let go it means literally to let one's hand go or to withdraw one's hand. Are you with me? So God isn't throwing nothing on anybody. All God has to do is lift His hand. Now the Hebrews, you know, they had a, 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 a they, they used a term called, um, uh, well, it means covering. What is it? What is it? Hoopah. That's it. Hoopah. It's kind of a fun word. Hoopah. In fact, some of your cultures, they even use that, hoopah, yeah, because it's the blessing. So it's the hand of God over you, and anytime the hand of God's over you, hoopah, right? I mean, the blessing, right? Anytime the hand's removed, oh, no, no more hoopah. It's now poopah, right? Uh, that, was, that was bad. That, horrible. You, can you delete that off the... Anyway, the point is, okay, the point is the curse is everywhere. The curse is everywhere. It ain't God bringing some curse on you. The curse is everywhere. Anytime you get out from under the hoopah, you're exposed to the elements. And so everything that's under that curse just, just kind of happens. Listen, all you got to do is just, just don't tend to your yard for a few weeks. Don't tend to your garden for a few weeks. Don't tend to your body for a few weeks. Please don't. That's just, you know. Are you still hearing me? I mean, you just, just, don't, just don't apply yourself to anything and just watch what automatically happens. See, that curse just tries to infiltrate everything. Causes decay and ruin and destruction. And any area that you don't get on top of, amen, and make valid choices toward kingdom things and kingdom principles, the curse just kind of rolls in there and just starts taking over. And that's what happens. I mean, all you got to do is go to a hospital and praise God that people are there trying to care for people, but it's full of what you see, the results of the curse. Still with me? All right. Now, it's all necessary to understand this because, you know, the idea is, is to make choices that keep you under the hoopah. And if you stay under the hoopah, 
That's why he says, beginning of this chapter, uh, chapter 28 here, he says, anytime God starts talking to you, follow it. Why? Because you stay under it. You stay under that hoopah. You stay under the blessing. Amen. And you maintain increase and profit, and everything begins to happen like it's fruitful. Amen. It's not barren. But anytime you get out from under that, now you, you're stepping into a barren land. Pretty soon trouble starts hitting. Are you with me? Now, I'm taking my time on this on purpose, okay? Because I want you to grab hold of this. This is why he lined up six tribes over here and six tribes there and they begin to make the profession because ain't nobody going to forget this moment. In fact, some of your uh, people in that region still say sometimes you can even still hear it. I don't know. I don't live there, so I don't know. I'm just saying that somehow or another, amen, they still feel what happened on that day. Now, I'm going to say this, too, because I think it's a good place to toss this in here. Some of your Hebrew scholars say that it isn't about, they don't necessarily refer to it as blessing and curse. They refer to it more about blessing and no blessing. Does that help anybody? When you stop and you look about it, see, if there is no blessing, curse just takes over. Still with me? So that, again, just another way of just kind of put a different spin on it so you understand the idea is stay in the blessing. Stay under that, that covering. Amen. With me? So every time we make choices, we're thinking that way. All right. Let's go back to chapter 30. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, choose life. Choose life. Hallelujah. Choose life. All right. Now, verse 19 again, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you, uh, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Amen. Therefore, choose what? Life. Now, the word choose, just in case somebody's not, what does that mean? It means to make a decision, to, uh, to determine things, select, single out, resolve. These are all just synonyms to to that word literally means to settle upon. Amen. So settle it. Look at your neighbor and say, let's settle it. Which way are we going here? You want blessed or not? Then settle it today. Amen. Uh, it means to aim at, to literally join or require of, 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 of something. So in other words, anytime you're going to make uh, this, like he's talking about this choice, amen, not only are you going to make, you know, not only are you going to mentally say, I want this, or maybe even verbally say something, but there, there's going to be something required of you. Still with me? That's necessary because some of you say, well, I don't want the curse. But you go on making choices that keep the curse activated. And even though you say, well, I, I don't want the curse. Well, Pastor, you said, you said to choose. I'm choosing right now. I don't want the curse. I know, but you keep doing that. I don't care. I, I still don't want the curse. <laughs> A lot of people live that way. And I'm talking about church folk. I'm talking about the world. The world don't know any difference. The world wants the blessing too. Yeah, they do. All right. All right. Well, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself on that one. But anyway, the point is, all right, you have to make some choices. So that means you're determining something. You're settling something. Praise God. You're aiming towards something and you're making you're requiring something of yourself. Still with me. All right. So. Whew, all right. Look at your neighbor. And say, choose life. All right. 
Because he said, choose life. Why? Because you and your descendants are going to be changed. Is going to live, praise God, that you may live, it says. That literally means experience life. Hallelujah. Literally be quickened and revived, restored, repaired, and recovered. Whatever it is needs to be changed, woo, can be changed, praise God. Are you still with me? All right. Now, verse 20. That you may love the Lord your God, may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for He is your life. Karen, if you could put the New Living Translation, it does a really good job of making this a little clear. Here's what verse 20 says. You can make the choice by loving the Lord, obeying Him, committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. So the point being made in verse 19 and 20, he's talking about choosing life, but verse 20 says this is how you choose. Still with me? Now, you have to clarify that because, again, you'll walk out and say, well, okay, I choose life. But what decision did you make? What, what did you require of yourself? Come on. What adjustment did What are you aiming at here? Amen. It's like a goal. You know, you got somebody say, well, you got any goals? Well, who needs a goal? Well, obviously you do. <laughs> and you could say you have a goal all day long. Verbally, but if you don't aim at it and you don't make movement toward it, that goal never comes to pass. And then you go on, this, this year is no different than last year. Right? All right, so there's three things it brings out in this text, all right? So if, if uh, uh, let me see, let me get my notes here. All right, so you can make this choice. That's how the New Living says it. You can make this choice. By first, loving the Lord, love the Lord, your God, right? That sounds valid, right? Now, we'll define all this. That you may, uh, so in other words, you're not only going to make your choice by loving God, you're going to also make your choice, amen, by obeying His voice. And you're going to make your choice by clinging to Him. I think the old King James might use the word cleave. I think is how it uses, but we'll, we'll define all this here. So let's back up. So let's, let's love the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, you should, be, you should love the Lord. Well, I mean, that just sounds like a gimme, don't it? I mean, it's like, duh. I mean, love God. Well, duh. I'm a Christian. Of course I love God. Well, maybe you don't. <gasps> Pastor. Well, the word love here... Um, Ahab is the, is the Hebrew word, and it means literally a, a friendship, association, or a dear companion. It means to have an affection toward, an attachment to, and a devotion towards. Okay? But it's talking about a friendship. Now, Jesus kind of brought some of this out when he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength in Mark 12. Amen. And so, uh, you know, you're loving God in all areas. And so, uh, you know, he, Jesus kind of makes that pretty clear. You know, he said that if you can get that one down, you'll be, you're on your way, praise the Lord. And then he said, then love others as yourself. Woo, we got her, we got her made. So loving God's pretty key. So it's talking about a friendship. All right, a friendship. So um, in context, because, of course, we got, uh, Moses, who he's communicating through, and who he's, you know, basically has kind of led up to this point. The word says in, uh, I believe it's Exodus 33, I believe it is, 
And it says that, that Moses talked with God face to face as one would talk with a friend. Okay, talking about presence. Um, Abraham was referred to as the friend of God. Both Old Covenant and New Covenant de uh, declare him as the friend of God. Amen. Now, there were many others that had these kind of relationships. Uh, one of the key things uh, was the uh, uh, word that they, they would use as they walked with God. Okay? All your patriarchs of faith, you'll find a verse in there that says, and they walked with God. Literally means to be conversant with, to associate with, to have a friendship with. Amen. To converse literally means to small talk with. All he's asking first and foremost, you want to stand with the blessing? Well, communicate with me. Talk with me. Don't ignore me. You're my kids. You're, you're, you're part of my, my family. You're, you're part of this kingdom of light. Talk with me. Communicate with me. Well, pastor, that's why we pay you the big bucks. You talk with God. But see, that's no different than the children of Israel. The ones that ended up dying in the wilderness did the same exact thing. They said, Moses, uh, you, you go on up there and talk with him. We don't want to talk with him. And even during the time when the, when the camp was settled, uh, the, the, there was a tent of meeting outside the community, outside the, 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 the whole campsite, and, and, and there was the presence of God. Any, but the word was clear. Anybody could go in there and commune. Nobody would except Moses and Joshua. In fact, the scriptures are clear that even when Moses left, Joshua would stay. Start, start understanding why, come on, he's the one that took them into the promised land. Come on, somebody. Okay, that's a whole other sermon. But anyway, I'm just saying that the whole time, uh, the, the word at the tent of meeting, when, it, when the camp wasn't moving, there was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night that stayed by the tent of meeting. And anybody could walk up there, go in, and commune as a friend. Now, I heard somebody said that would be awesome. Amen, it would be. The thing is you need to understand is you still have that. Well, I, I don't have no pillar of cloud in front of my house, no pillar of fire in front of my house. Well, I tell you what, if you talk enough with him, what if it happened? Just saying. Everybody would want to know about your house. <laughs> hey, there literally uh, uh, years ago in, uh, um, in some of your earlier revivals, especially at the turn of the century, um, they're literally when they would have, they'd have such a move of God in, in their revival houses uh, that literally the outside would be so aglow that the fire departments would show up thinking there was a fire going on. And they'd get there, and all it was was people praying in the Spirit of God, and the presence of God filled the place. So I, it's obviously still, I'm just saying. The point is, amen, that anybody can commune with God. God is looking for His people to communicate with Him. Well, I just wouldn't know what to say. Well, do you, 
you come and talk to me. And there's a few of you, I wish you'd just go talk to him. <laughs> just saying, just saying. You know, no, no, you know, just saying. Because he's got a whole lot more answers than I do. And his presence will actually take you higher. Mine, I it may not. Now, you can still come talk to me. I'm all right. But the point is, if you'd spend time with him, you'd be amazed at how much of the blessing would be in operation just by staying in his presence. You know, the scriptures are pretty clear about what's in his presence. In fact, again, with Moses, uh, the word says in Exodus 33 that in his presence was rest. I mean, here he is, you know, on the cleft of a rock, you know, and God's showing who he is, you know, and. And, and the, the word says that there was rest in that. And Moses felt rested in that. Scriptures in Psalms, David brings out that in his presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. I mean, sometimes it's like, uh, what's up? I don't know, I'm just so depressed. Well, I don't want you depressed. I don't want to be depressed either. Well, then go, go hang out with God. Oh, no, I, no, no. I'd rather be depressed. No, 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 go hang out with God and you might watch the depression go away. Get filled up with joy. Get filled up, praise God, with the goodness of God. Come on, somebody. Uh, the book of Acts says in His presence is times of refreshing, times of restoration. All this happens when you start hanging out with God. So just starting to communicate with God and talk with God and fellowship with God and just even small talk, you'd be amazed at how much just starts to take care of itself in your life just by spending time with Him. You should all have some kind of time set aside at least during a day to just be able to get alone and communicate with Him. The more you get that down, the easier it is to hear Him in the busy times. Are you still with me? Are you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? I'm glad you did. But these are keys, all right? These are all things that... That, that, that are necessary. So, um, so loving God is a key. Then it says obeying Him. In fact, uh, let's put the, the New King James back up, Karen, on that verse. And it says literally obey His voice. Okay, and that's what He's talking about in chapter 28. Now, what He's talking about is, is in fact, uh, it brings it out in Hebrews. It really brings it out pretty good. Talking about today, if you will hear his voice, meaning it's a daily thing. God wants to communicate. It's not just talking about, you know, the, the written word. Okay, we're not taking away from that. But you have to understand God wants to communicate. And there are little things in as you're fellowshipping with God, loving on God, the friendship with God. And little by little, as that begins to, uh, you know, to unfold, little by little, God begins to talk to you about things. And all he's asking then now. When I talk to you about that, give heed to it. That's all it means is to give heed to it. Literally, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the words that is used usually in, in the old King James that I think is probably a, a pretty, uh, it's a great word, just the word hearken, okay, which just means literally to listen with intent to do it is what it means. And so we need to be a people who are, you know, communicate with God and then have Give heed to what he's saying and then follow through with it. Okay? Because if you follow through with what he talks about, you're going to stay under that blessing. Still with me? 
Because God ain't going to lead you outside of that. All right, and usually it's 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 not it's it's usually little things. It's not big things. You know, uh, I was talking to a brother the other day. You know, sometimes we all get nervous about talking to God because as soon as I go talk to God, he's going to say, "Move ye to Timbuktu. You will eat grasshoppers from here on out." We're thinking, is there anybody else up there we can talk to? Come on, right? Most people, that's what they start thinking. They start thinking, God's going to tell me to do something. That, oh, my God. No, God's probably going to say, would you please smile? Would you change your attitude, please? God to talk to me about my attitude? Yes. Yes, he will. And it's always better when he says it to you than me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. But I take care of a couple things while I'm here. All right. I'm just saying. Okay, God, sometime I say, you know, that woman that I gave you, remember, treat her right. Huh? I thought I'd get something out of the ladies on that one. Huh? Well, you know, Abraham, or pardon, not Abraham, but uh, Adam said, you know, that woman that you gave me, you know, she's all my problem. And he's, no, no, no. She was never your problem. Come on. Sometimes the Spirit of God just talks to you about things. Amen. Talks to you things about your kids. You ever had God talk to you about your kids? Well, that kid, I tell you, that kid's been nothing but a problem. God might say, no, 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 it's pretty much how they've been raised. You're going, ouch. <laughs> Come on. And we can all day long get all upset. And remember now, I read you the blessing, and I read you a big piece of the curse. Come on. On purpose, because you can't confuse them. There is no confusing them. <laughs> they're, just, they're not even close. It's like, what's that? Oh, that's curse. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, this is the blessing. Yeah. You kind of just, yeah. Right? I mean, there's no mistake. So when you're having kid problems and marital problems, you have to understand that's not blessing. Right. Now, don't go blaming your spouse or your kid. God, see, if you get, say, let's just kind of stay under the hoopah. Lord, I'd like to talk to you about a few things. He says, yep, we need to. Is there anything I can do? He'll probably go, yep. Let me show you. And you know, anytime God talks to you about anything, there's always the grace of God there to do it. And if you just follow it, have you ever had God just say, shut up? There's a few in here thinking, he wish he'd tell him that right now. now and sometimes just you'd be amazed by just shutting up when God says, shut up. Now, he might say it nicer than I do. He might say, shut thirst mouth. <laughs> that would, yeah, I'll leave it alone. Regardless, he might just say, you know what? This would be a good time for you to zip the lid. And you don't even realize that by doing that, you've just kept yourself under the blessing. Somebody says, well, if I knew that, I'd have shut up a long time ago. Amen to that, brother. I'm just saying. See, sometimes, you know, when you're, 
fellowship and having that friendship, it gets to a place where then God begins to talk to you about things, give you a witness on the inside. Amen. Jesus said, he said, uh, I don't do anything unless I, uh, you know, I see the Father do it or I hear the Father say it. And people say, well, you know, Jesus did all that because he was the Son of God. No, he didn't. He did all that because he followed God. He was the Son of God, but He didn't do all the miracle signs and wonders and being in the right place at the right time because He was the Son of God. He ended up in the right place at the right time, doing the right things at the right time, ministering to the right people at the right time because He followed God. He followed Him. I mean, there were times he literally would walk into a situation, sick people everywhere. He'd minister to one person, tell him to take up his bed and walk, walked right back out. And then there were times he went in there and everybody got healed. He didn't always walk on the water. In fact, we got one testimony. He was, he was upset because the boys woke him up while he was in the boat sleeping. He had to wake me up. So sometimes he rode the boat. And sometimes he walked on the water. Are you still with me? So, not only do we love the Lord, our God, but we learn to obey his voice. We follow him, praise God. In fact, if you, you, know, you take the time, you go back again over uh, chapter 28, it's, it, the whole blessing in that chapter is contingent on following his voice. And Hebrews 12 says this, I'm talking about New Covenant now, says this. He says, if you keep rejecting the voice from heaven, how do you even expect to live any different than the children of Israel did in the wilderness? The whole thing in context says, you ain't going to have any different life than they did if you keep refusing when he talks to you. That's New Covenant. Okay. Hebrews 12, and I believe it's verse 25. All right, now. What's the last one here? Three, three major things he brings out in this text. Huh? Cling to him. Cling to him. So what does that mean? Well, to cling to him means to be joined together, stuck to, abide fast. Literally means to seek after, but it refers to a f- a firmly embracing, to pursue hard or to catch by pursuit. One of them says even to, to follow close after. Now, it uses a word. In the Hebrew, or this uh, one of the uh, synonyms uh, in the Hebrew definition is impinge. I don't have a clue, okay, what that word meant, so I had to look it up, okay. But it literally means to encroach upon, okay. It means literally so close that all you had to do is just slow down, you bump into him. You're in his space. That's what it means. So in other words, God wants you in his space. He not only wants to have a friendship and a relationship with you, he not only wants to communicate and lead you, but he wants you to be so close, man, they can't tell the difference between you and him. Listen, you put on the armor of God. Why? Because when you got the armor on, you don't look any different. So here comes the enemy, and all he sees is the armor of God. He's thinking, who's in that armor? It's just a point, just a thought, all right? The point is, God wants you so close, amen, that you just follow along, you hook up, and you stay connected. It refers to somebody that's seeking God, amen, to do the principles, to do uh, the, 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 the things that he, the, the spiritual uh, steps, to do the things necessary, being willing to do that. 
All right? Now, we don't know everything yet. We're still growing. We're still learning. But there are things you do know. Now, are you with me? Do you have an ear to hear? Uh, Of course, you have an ear. But do you have an ear to hear, I should say? All right. Now, listen. Forgive. That's a spiritual principle. That's a God thing. So if you're clinging to God, then you know that's one of those things I forgive. Well, why do I forgive? Because the Bible says, listen, listen. If you don't forgive, what happens? Matthew 6, Mark 11, all references that deal with that. So let me ask you something. Do you think, do you think God's up there? Now just hang on. Do you think God's up there going, I'll forgive you, but not you, you stinker? Wait, I thought Jesus paid a price for all of our sin. I thought we're all forgiven. Well, then why would it say something like that? Because it sounds, it sounds like it contradicts the, the covenant. It contradicts our, our redemption package. Well, it don't. It's exactly, it's, it's no different what he's talking about here. You want to stay under the blessing? Forgive. You step out from under that, then there's no, you're out here exposed to the elements again. The whole time, if you want forgiveness, get under the blessing. Stay forgiven, right? Come on. Stay under it, praise God. Well, how do you do that? It's a spiritual principle. You cling to Him. Uh, you forgive. I don't want to forgive. Maybe that explains why we have problems. Maybe that explains why we have issues. Okay, I'll find another one. You don't like the forgiven one. Let's find another one. Let's see here. Um, Okay, kind of along with the definition, seek, right? So what do you do? You seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And what happens? All these other things are added unto you. What things? In context, it says all the other things the Gentiles are seeking after. All the stuff they're chasing after. He says, listen, you just chase me and it'll all chase you. What is that? That's the blessing. So he says, you seek me, you go after me, and you stay in that place, amen, and all this stuff just gets added to you. I thought you'd get a little kick out of that one. but I mean, we're talking about staying in the blessing. Okay, how about, how about sowing and reaping? That's a principle. If we're going to cling to Him, then that's, that's one of those things that we should, you know, stay connected with, right? So you can't talk about sowing and reaping without talking about the blessing or the curse. Woo! Okay, just go out there and be critical of everybody. What do you think, what would you just do? You're sowing something and it says you're going to reap something. Well, how is that? I mean, I'm, Jesus bore, you know, Jesus uh, redeemed me from the curse. Yes, but you got to say, you you felt like you wanted to go over here and not cling to him. Instead, you want to cling to your own opinion, cling to your own thought life, cling to your own agendas, cling to whatever. Come on, somebody. So what happens is now you've exposed yourself 
and the thing you've sown now produces after its own, and it begins to slap you around like a big dog. But I'm talking about clinging. I'm talking about attaching ourselves. Well, this is how God does it, so this is how, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk like he walks. Think like he thinks. Come on. Do the things I need to do. And if I do that, I stay under that blessing. I stay under the hoopah. And I stay blessed, praise God. When, I, when I'm sowing good, in fact, I'm sowing mercy and kindness. Hallelujah. I'm being generous. Come on, somebody. And the whole idea is I'm sowing good seed. I keep myself, praise God, under the blessing, and it brings increase. I get out from under that, and I start making other decisions, doing other things. And now all of a sudden I'm exposed again. The thing we need to understand is, is the curse is everywhere. It's all over the place. Adam did us a wonderful favor. Knock, right. You know, when Jesus came along and, and paid the price, uh, so you wouldn't have to operate in that. You wouldn't have to, you don't have to live. You know, there's a, there is an economy system out there that really, it's, out, it's a world economy system. It runs by, uh, you know, by the world, and it's wrapped up with, and pierced through with many sorrows. Oh, you can get rich, but you're pierced through with many sorrows. And Come on, somebody. Or you can do it the God's way, stay connected, stay under the blessing. Come on, somebody. And the Word says there's no sorrow with it. See, the curse is out there. You just don't have to operate by it. You stay under the blessing, and it doesn't affect you. Somebody says, well, you know the economy nowadays. Listen, well, you're not moved by that. Well, you know the price of gas. You don't have to be moved by that. And I didn't say you pull up there, get your tank full, and drive off without paying. But <laughs> I'm just saying, if you get all worked up about the economy, then what you've done is you brought yourself under Him instead of trusting in Him and re- leaning on Him. And Come on. Let God take care of you. Amen? You know, the word says, here's another principle, be faithful in the little. We kind of touched on that briefly with offering time. Be faithful with the little. You'd be amazed just being faithful with the little, how all of a sudden you bring, what it is, you put yourself under the blessing, and it opens up for the much to come, the word says. That's all part of the blessing. That's all about increase. Okay? Just being faithful with little. Okay, how about this? All right? Word says, if you can't even be faithful with the unrighteous mammon. That stuff you put in your wallet, the stuff you put in a bank account. Because the reason it's called unrighteous, because it, it can't buy your soul, can't do anything. But yet he puts a price on it in the area of faithfulness because it can determine something. And he says this. He says, if you can't even be faithful with that, how do you expect to have him to be committed to the, the true riches of God? What is that? That's the blessing. So in other words, if you can't even, you know, you're going to worry and be fearful about that little dollar bill, what happens is you can't see the increase. Now you're over here, you're trusting in it instead of Him. You put your trust in Him, you follow Him and these principles, the blessing rolls, praise God, increase comes. Anybody hearing me? you got to begin to see all of this as blessing or curse. No, no, better, better yet, blessing or no blessing. I do this, why? Because I want to remain blessed. 
I communicate with my Father because I want to remain blessed. I follow when He leads because I want to be blessed. Amen. I, I stay, I cling to Him. I stick with Him that as I do what I sh- the things I know to do, praise God. Why? Because I want to be blessed. I want to stay blessed. I want to stay empowered. Amen. But every time I get out from under that, all of a sudden I'm exposed now because now I'm not under the blessing, I'm under something else. And you're just, you're open now to the elements. How about walking in love? I had to mention that one, didn't I? How about walking in love with somebody? I mean, well, Pastor, you just don't know that person. Yeah, I probably do. I probably got someone in, you know, in my life like that, like you got that person in your life. Come on, somebody. Sometimes they're a stinker. Come on. And you have to understand, what is it you want? What kind of, what, what is it you want to aim at? What kind of an end result do you want? Do you want the blessing or no blessing? What do you want? So when you stop and you look at it now, the importance of this, and please hear this, it isn't the pastor just trying to needle on you with some things. It's like, what do you want? If you want the blessing, then stay under the blessing. I mean, well, how come I got to walk in love with that guy? You want blessed? It'd be worth it. And God will give you a house somewhere else, so maybe he wouldn't have to live next to him or something. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just whatever. I'm just saying. Could be all kinds of things. But I'm just saying, I mean, so many times just staying in love is just, you know, purpose to just, I'm not going to get all caught up in this. It isn't worth it. I'm just going to release that, let it go, and move forward in God. Praise the Lord. And don't get me wrong, sometimes the Spirit of God says, go deal with that, and you go deal with it. Praise the Lord. And even then, you're still under the blessing then, if you do it by a leading. I'm just saying. So, there's just, you know, today, to me, it was just, just about, you know, the blessing or no blessing. What do you want? I want the blessing. So make some choices. Amen. Next time you're about ready to do that thing. Uh, make a choice. Say, you know what? I, I think I'm going to choose the blessing here. Amen. Now, praise the Lord. Let's go back to this real quick. And why don't you all stand up? Because uh, we better, you know, end on a really good note. <clears throat> Remember, Jesus paid a price. I said, Jesus paid a price. All right. Now, okay. So uh, we've all made mistakes. And, uh, and I think we've all had times where the Spirit of God intervened, saved our bacon, Not that he's in the bacon saving, it just didn't kind of sound right. But anyway, the point is, there were times, amen, by the mercy of God, amen, because you made a decision to look to him, maybe repented, changed your way of thinking, whatever. And what happened when you did that? Hoopah! Right, amen, brother. Hoopah! Hallelujah! I, 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 I got rid of that stupid thought. Right? 
I mean, sometimes that's the truth. Stupidity jumps on you. That spirit of stupid just tries to, it hammers around out there. Somebody says, what? There really is a spirit called stupid? Yes. <laughs> and he's real stupid. And he just kind of hangs out of the perimeters. And, and the second you step out, he wants to go. <laughs> well, no more stupid, right? So we stay under the blessing, amen, and God leads and guides. And the more that you follow when God leads, the smarter you seem. How did you know to do that, God? Really? Yeah. I wouldn't have done that. No, I wouldn't have either. But he said, do that. And look what happened. We could talk about um, breakthroughs. We could talk about provision. We could talk about healing. One of the greatest healings I ever had, okay, it just it was, was so alive was I had uh, teeth problems and I couldn't get a victory, couldn't get my healing. And finally, I just got smart and said, God, I'm standing on your word. I'm declaring the word. What is the problem? He says, you have ought in your heart. Unforgiveness, by the way. That's what that means. You have ought in your heart. And I started going, what? I'm thinking, my, Lord, I... I'm going through all the people I know. I'm like, I don't even know who you're talking about. So I asked, that's not right. Who are you talking about? And he just started reeling off names. I'm going, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it was all these people from my past that I still held grudges and still held things against them. One by one, he lists names. And I'd release them. And I'd release that one, release this one, release that one. And finally, he mentioned one. I said, uh-uh. And at that moment, he just got quiet. And the teeth just kind of ached. <laughs> and I just said, Lord, you know what that guy did to me. He said, I know, I know what he did. It wasn't right. He said, no, it wasn't right. He shouldn't have said that. He shouldn't have done that. No, no, he shouldn't have. But you still have to release him. And I remember at that moment, I, I can clear, I was... I can remember it so vivid, I will never forget it. And I just said, Lord, I release him. And I knew at that moment that I knew it and I had done it because I knew if I would see him right then, I'd be able to pray for the man without any audit, you know, without that thing hanging over me or in me, maybe a better way of saying it. And the second I did that, instantaneous healing. Instant, instant. It wasn't a minute later, instant healing. Instant. Thank you. The blessing. I put myself in that area of my under the blessing and God. Now everything will God, everything I was reaching for, believing for, releasing faith for, manifested. Just because I wasn't under the hoopah. So I'm telling you, it is worth spending time with him following Him, clinging to Him, praise God. Stay under the hoopah, praise God, because that's where the blessing is, praise God. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Hallelujah.
Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor once again. We're thankful, Lord God, for these principles. We're thankful, Lord, for the blessing. Hallelujah. Father, we receive it and thank you for everything uh, here today, Lord. Father, forgive us for the times that we've, we've stepped out from under that. Hallelujah. We know that you're faithful and just to forgive, and we receive that. We thank you for that. We thank you for our redemption package there in your mercy and for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for that. But, Lord, we choose to love you. We choose to follow you, to obey your voice, and we choose to cling to you, to stay connected. Hallelujah. And we give you praise and glory for it. If you're in here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that is the quickest way to get under the blessing. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you've never done that and you want to do that, I would be honored to pray with you. All right? So if there's anybody in here say, I've never received Jesus, but I know I need to. I've never asked him into my life. I would like to do that. Hallelujah. If that's you in here today, throw a hand up where I can see you. I would like to pray for you. Anybody in here that has never made Jesus Lord of their life and would like to do that today, I want to give you that opportunity. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Now, I'm, I'm not seeing a hand, so is that right? All right. So everybody else in here, you know Jesus? Look at your neighbor, smile real big at your neighbor, say, I know the Lord. Tell them that. Hallelujah. See, so you know the Lord. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, then turn to your neighbor and say, well, praise the Lord. Slap them five, and you are dismissed. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.